Welcome to The Intuitive Edge, episode 171. Today's guest, Terrence Weathersby. I think intuition comes from within, trust in oneself. Welcome to The Intuitive Edge. I'm Victoria Lynn Weston, your host. I'm an intuitive business consultant, entrepreneur, and founder of Studio Carlton. We're a group of voice designers, producers, and developers of Amazon Alexa skills. I embrace big, bold ideas, and I love doing the unpredictable when it comes to helping business owners and professionals expand their brand, gain recognition, and attract new business. The future is here, and it's all about voice. Check out StudioCarlton.com. I'm excited to share my conversation today with Terrence Weathersby. He is an awesome kickboxing and Muay Thai instructor coach. He's been teaching it for over 10 years. He likes to teach women especially to know how to do self-defense. But he also, during his classes, likes everybody to understand those micro moves, to be able to understand it in a class, to be able to connect with your mindfulness so that you can be the best you can in a class, get a full body workout, but more importantly, use it in self-defense. Let's go connect with Terrence and learn about his story. Terrence, it's a pleasure to have you here, and welcome to my world. I've spent over a year in your world. This is going to be kind of interesting, you know, flipping the script a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I want to first talk about, you know, I've spent a year doing kickboxing with you um, for about seven months. I think I spent every, you know, six days a week doing kickboxing, you know, primarily with you and a couple other instructors there over at X3 Sports. And I was I was looking up the benefits of women doing kickboxing. And I think it's one of the only exercises that actually is a full body workout that tones everything in your body, your arms, your legs, your core. And it's just a, an incredible amount. And it's so fast paced. And in 45 minutes, you're burning up as much as 900 calories. So it's a pretty impressive uh, workout schedule. So with that said, I want to know what inspired you to do kickboxing yourself and to much less teach it. Well, my, my story, uh, it starts years ago when I, when I was a child and my first discipline was karate and, um, from karate, I transitioned to Taekwondo and then eventually I did some American kickboxing, American style kickboxing. And, you know, I really feel like the, what, what pushed me to, to, not only do it, but teach it is like you said, it's important for me to help my community in any way that I can. And one of the ways that I can do that right now is to take the techniques that I've learned, that I've worked on mastering myself, right? And helping others learn how to do it for them. I'm a huge advocate for women learning self-defense. Um, you know, I, I love my mother. I love my, my grandmother, God rest her soul. I love my sister. And all three of them uh, know and my grandmother knew how to defend themselves. So it's very important. Women are being targeted every day. And, uh, and, and, and let me say this, men as well are being targeted. So same thing goes for us. 
Well, that's true. I mean, there's a lot of uh, violence, particularly like in New York City, where people really need to be, you know, on the, as you would say, on the defensive because you never know what's coming behind you, so to Mm -hmm. speak. So I think it's really important, not just for that. I think after a year, and I spent a lot of time, as you know, when I first came to you the first day to do my, quote, free class, and I gave you a picture and I showed you a picture of what I wanted. I wanted to be able to kick that high, which was basically (laughs) having my leg about six feet high. And you looked at it and I had this huge grin on your face and and you and I said how long and you said nah you know six months maybe a year and you basically kind of just sloughed me off thinking eh she's not gonna do this you know but at the time and of course you know I will say that after I guess about six months you were pretty spot on at the time I, I pretty much reached my goal and um yeah and, and it, it was exciting so now being somebody that came in there with a specific goal not just you know health and wellness but to reach a goal to go out there and I think everybody needs that goal to keep inspiration to keep motivated in that. So now when I do kickboxing, I'm trying to pay more attention to, you know, the boxing part and sort of understanding, mm. you know, those kinds of movements and the benefits, of course, in my arms and back. So yeah. I think everybody needs to look at all that as well. But the first time I took that class, though, you kind of shared with me um, a little secret. And you said that you had a little bit of a temper and that <laughs> you got into kickboxing to kind of offset that temper. So... Yeah. Um, it's pretty neat. So I think that temper probably came from maybe, you know, some kind of childhood trauma or something like that. And you're not the yeah. only person that deals with any kind of, if in fact that's even true. So I, I'm kind of mm-hmm. speculating here, um, that mm-hmm. childhood trauma. So what kind of, was a trigger point without really revealing, you know, too much? I mean, was it, you know, did you get like a you know, get sent to your room too many times or did you get a backhand from your dad or, you know, what kind of triggered it? Because as a child, you know, everybody's like a hundred times more sensitive. So the least little, you know, raising your voice, you know, too many times, too many days, too many months can really, you know, play a number on you. So what was your little experience? Well, yeah, I definitely have a, have a, uh, had a temper and I still do. Um, I think uh, I've just learned to control it, understand it. Um, I think true control comes from understanding, um, at least for me. And so um, temper kind of runs in the family, honestly. Uh, my mom, my, my grandmother, all my siblings, um, pretty much everybody in my immediate family has a temper. It's it's what you do with it. But I will say this. I used to get bullied when I was younger. And oh, my grandmother yeah. then, yeah, yeah, I was, it was bad. Bullies, bullying is really, it's really tough, you know, for kids, especially. It is. it is. And she put me into karate and it gave me, you know, discipline. It, it, it gave me power and no, I didn't turn into an evil person and started beating up other kids cause I knew karate. <laughs> but you know, when I did get into a scuffle after I used what I knew, and, you know, usually that's all it takes. You know, people see it and they hear about it and, you know, word gets around and say, oh, well, you know, don't mess with that guy. So I didn't really deal with it for too much longer. But unfortunately, I did have to I did have to get into some scuffles um, outside. Yeah, you told me that. I said, I remember that day and I said, oh, yeah, what will happen if somebody, you know, crosses that line? And you said it won't be pretty. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't play about that kind of stuff. And, and I'm, a, I'm a protector at heart. And I, I've had to learn that, you know, what I'm willing to do for others, I have to be willing to do for myself. You know, I have to be willing to lead by example. So I, I am not willing to let anyone uh, do harm to me, let alone anyone that I care about. Like you, Victoria, if anybody's giving you problems, you let me know. 
Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I have to say, I, I love your mom and your grandmother because I think it's really important to have kids, especially young yeah. boys, having some way to channel that energy for good. So one of the things that you do at, as, as an instructor and a coach, because you, you work with people one-on-one -on -one, as well as teaching these awesome classes on kickboxing. So what mm -hmm. keeps you inspired and motivated every day? Uh, one of the things that keep me inspired and motivated is walking into the gym, regardless of what has happened, you know, uh, five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour before. Um, and knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm facing the day head on. And then I see those faces. I see those people that are excited, they're smiling, that are ready to greet me, you know, just as soon as I'm walking down and you can see me coming from the kickboxing area. And that gives me energy. That gives me life because, you know, I, I kind of, I guess I kind of get this from my grandmother and my mother. They, they both, you know, big hearted, you know, women and they've been there for people day in and day out, one situation after the next. And sometimes when 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 you operate in that realm, when you're not needed, you can kind of feel a little off. You know, you can kind of feel like, what purpose am I, am I serving? So sure. I'm, a, I'm a purpose kind of guy. I'm a big purpose kind of guy. So I don't care if the group is, is five or 20 or hopefully one day a hundred and thousands <laughs> and maybe millions of people one day you know will know my name and, and know my voice and I will still have the same amount of joy uh you know coming to any event because I'm thankful just to have people that that come to that class looking forward to work with me understand that if you guys don't come to the class guess what I'll do I'll get there I'll look at the bags I'll look around and either I'll I'll do something else to you know to to fill in the time, but it's nothing compared to you know working with like I said another soul, another individual. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. If you were going to do a, a, the elevator pitch to get people to come to class, primarily women, what what would you pitch them to to do? You know, a lot of times people people think that doing kickboxing or boxing or, or Muay Thai or jujitsu is about learning moves or learning sequences and learning technique. And it is, that is a huge part of it. But it's also developing yourself as far as your mind, um, strengthening your spirit, understanding yourself. Like I always talk about how the gym, that gym is a place of self-mastery. It's a place where people come to master themselves in many different ways. You're refining more than just your body, your legs, your core, your upper body. It's also your mindset. So That's right, the brain. Yeah, exactly. So when you're in high-tension situations, how will you respond? How comfortable will you be in an uncomfortable position? And you have to, you have to practice that. It's just like anything else, right? You have to put yourself in a position to be uncomfortable so that you can learn how to be as comfortable as possible. So that you can think clearly, so that you can be decisive, and and that might be the difference in saving your life. Well, that's absolutely true because if somebody's going to approach you, attack you, that has you know that's a bully or wants to rob you or do something like that, mm -hmm. I mean you're mm -hmm. not exactly prepared for it. So being able to have quick movements and think on your feet 
And that's yeah. where that adrenaline intuition also comes into play, too. So that's that's really crucial. Although I've always exactly. kind of joked around because, you know, I, I get up and I walk at 6.30, 6.45 every day. And I always sort of think, gee, if anybody came up behind me, what would I do? I guess the biggest mm. thing I would do is, is an elbow. And yes, then I'd probably sure. run the other way. <laughs> Joking aside, but if you come head on, I'm more prepared, you know. But right, if you yeah, come up the sure. other way, you know, I'd probably just say, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so it brings me on to something I want to get something more about what you're all about personally and your goals and some of that. So you're an intuitive guy. What does intuition mean to you? I think intuition comes from within. Trust in oneself. Very good. Well, you know, parapsychologists define intuition as the umbrella term for precognition, mental telepathy, clairvoyance, mm. and, yeah. and of course, intuition, and that we humans are typically using two or three skills simultaneously. So mm -hmm. have, you, have you ever had like an experience where you had a gut instinct, but you had a vision or mental telepathy, and that would come from maybe a clash. You know, maybe somebody's there that you know, is about to be, you know, I don't know, kind of rude or something like that. Have you ever had an experience where you're using two or three, you know, at the same time? Yeah, I, I, I have. And I think that in doing that, um, it's, it's accidental. You know what I mean? Like, it just happens. And you, if you're not paying attention to it, you'll miss it. There's been times where I've seen things and, and they've actually come to life. Um, there's been times where, like, it, for example, a lot of times I can see my class from start to finish. It can be, an, you know, an outline. Hey, I have an outline, but more than just an outline, like I can feel energy. So depending on the energy that I feel in class, right, I'll take class in a totally different direction, right? And depending on the patterns of certain things. I know it's going to come in the tail end of class. So that could come from a bit of experience, right? Sure. Paying attention to patterns. But definitely, and it, and it happens, I think when, when you operate on a certain level, it happens more often, you know, than most people have experience with. So um, I'm more used to it, it's, if you will, for me, like I'm, I'm more used to it. For some people, it's like, wow, you know, this thing happened and it's kind of been happening for me, you know. Um, but there's a lot that comes with it. Right. So you're saying, of course, like a lot of people, the intuition is a sense. So you come into class and you have a sense about everybody's energy level and that type of thing. And that's how you kind of base what you're going to do with, with the class on that. Obviously, if everybody's half asleep, you're not going to sit there and ask them to do 10 laps. Although you might <laughs> ask them to do 15. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. Yeah, let's. Let's let's shake the scene a little bit. You know, <laughs> I, it's funny that you bring that up because I was as I was telling somebody that um, that I was, you know, I was talking to about class and the flow of class. And sometimes it kind of gets to me when I'm in class and the energy isn't there. You know, it's you know how it is. The energy can be electrifying sometimes. Yeah. And 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 with that being said, it. it the the people that are in class have a big part to play in it. But it reminds me, I mean, it's like when you're a guest and you're going to a dinner party, we have a responsibility as attendees to bring something to the table. You can't just go, like, go to a dinner party and be a bump on a log. I mean, you have, you have work to do. 
you know, so you have to you have to bring some energy. You've got to bring some conversation. You have to, when you take a class, bring some energy there. You can't depend on the instructor to carry the entire load. No, you're 100%. Like, you're 100% right about that. Yeah, it's true. So anyway, talk about intuition a little bit, and I'm going to go in another direction because that's how I roll. Do you believe in spirit guides? Oh, yeah. You know, I used oh, yeah. to a lot when I was, you know, probably, you know, your age and, and growing up in my teens and 20s and probably through my through my 30s and that. And I used to believe that spirit guides, you know, they changed on, you know, our age and because they change. You get a spirit guide that might be more of a taskmaster or somebody that gave you a little more freedom in that. So what is your experience with your own spirit guides? How old were you when you first sort of felt you had someone around you? Honestly, I've always felt like I had someone around me. I will say this, you know, as a child, I grew up alone. I have four other siblings. I'm the baby. And unfortunately, all of my siblings, they kind of grew up together and I grew up alone. So a lot of times in my room, within my loneliness, and there was definitely depression and a lot of other things, um, I talked to, in my mind, what I what I thought to be God. You know, then sure. I talk to God a lot. It was just me and God. I tell people that all the time. And so early on, for me, I felt like I built a connection, a strong connection with God. I didn't have a lot of distractions around me. I spent a lot of time in solitude. And um, I utilized my solitude in different ways. You know, instead of just wasting time, you know, doing nothing, you know, I actually spent time within myself and dealing with my emotions and, you know, because I didn't, my grandmother was around, she was here. Right. But there's only so much that she, there's only, only so much she knew to do to help me, you know, and she, she provided me with anything I wanted and needed, you know, everything that, you know, a parent would do for a child to try to be there for that child and make that child feel comfortable and happy. She did those things. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I had to deal with, were within myself. I would say as early as seven, eight, nine. Yeah, definitely. My grandmother was was very religious, spiritual woman. And so I've always kind of been around it, definitely. So if you started out with a guide in six, seven, eight, around there, so who do you think your guide is now? Or do you think simply God in itself, kind of a spirit guide? Essentially, yes. I think, think, um, you know, recently for me, I've kind of tapped into the the idea of connecting, um, and I say connecting, not reconnecting, because you know one side of it, one side of the connection, had had hadn't been there for years, but connecting with my ancestors to the best of my ability, and acknowledging them, acknowledging their existence on this on this plane of existence, and I, and it's been a blessing for me because, you know this. Each and every individual that I can think of, and I have picture, I have a picture, you know, sitting up of of my 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 grandmother, my grandfather, right, his parents, his mother, his father, and my grandmother's uh, mother in the picture. My grandmother's father wasn't in the picture, but I also have a, a picture of him. He was uh, he was a military man. He was a mason, and um, there's all this you know miraculous history within this one little photo, you know, and I, and I think that it's important for someone like me to be able to look back at the people that make me me 
and first and foremost say thank you. Thank you for the sacrifices. Thank you for going through the things you did. Thank you for making the decisions that you made because all of that kind of comes back full circle. And here I am. I'm a correlation of all these individuals, all this energy, all this intention. And I feel like every day that I walk on the right path, I kind of, I, I unlock things, you know, here and there, you know, from the past within myself. And it gives me power. It gives me power from within. So now more than ever before, I feel like that I am being guided by my ancestors as well as the energy source that I feel like we all derive from. Because first and foremost, past skin tone, past anatomy, past gender, we're talking about what? Energy. We're talking about spirit. So... Right. That's, Let me ask you a question. And, and since now that, you know, you sort of observe things and I know you've got some other stuff you're working on, but it, mm -hmm. as someone that didn't have a father figure in your life, I mean, do you feel like you got missed out in any way? Like a lot of families that do have father. I mean, there's a lot that don't. I mean, it's probably a good 60-40 mm -hmm. that, you know, don't. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, do you feel like that's a void? And how important do you think having a father figure is? Um, I definitely feel like that there was a void. I felt the void more so as um, as a child, as I got older. Um, I didn't ponder on the fact that there wasn't a father figure there. And I had a few good reasons. Um, number one, my grandmother early on told me, you do have a father and you know him and it's God. No. That's that's your father, and that that was a true statement, essentially. You get what I'm saying? Because, yeah. again, where do where do I derive from? I you know we have an earthly, you know, mother and father, and then essentially you know the same thing, right? But you know, as far as energy is is concerned, this energy is joint, right? In my mind, so we're talking about an energy in which you know feminine and masculine derive from, and so. You know, I had that. And then on top of that, when I was eight years old, my mother met a, met an individual um, and he was a blessing. You know, he came into my life. Unfortunately, he was sick. He had cancer and we fought. We fought for eight years and we had a great eight years. And there was a lot of love, a lot of experience, a lot of growth. He passed in 2012. And that that in itself. For me, it kind of killed it for me. Not in a bad way, though. Yeah. Like, after that experience, I was like, I got what I needed, you know, and I'm good now. Now it's time for me to move forward and, you know, hopefully be able to have an opportunity, like right now, to speak on the importance of fatherhood and, you know, men being there in their children's lives, despite indifferences with the woman or despite the relationship that's going on between the two spouses. The, the, the important thing is that child because that's the thing of unity. And regardless if your spouse is a, you know, a thousand miles away, that child still needs you. Regardless if that woman said this or did that, that child still needs you because right. you are important. So I think it also stems back to men like myself, understanding our importance in things, you know, 
not not just for things like you know uh reproduction which is very important but we're not just for that we're not just for carrying heavy things we're not just for getting things off of the top shelf you know like sure. <laughs> our, our essence and our energy is is very important in in any household in any community and if your spirit isn't strong right then what do you what do you think that you can actually accomplish on this on this playing field? So um, I'm glad that you asked me that question because yes, I did fill a void, but I found peace with it, and I focused on what I did have. I took my eyes away what, away from what I didn't have, and I focused on what I did have. Now, you as a kickboxing instructor, you have other goals in life, big goals. I have encouraged you and I hope motivated you in some little fashion about writing a book, telling your story. And so have you thought about that at all? Or are you thinking about it or at least put an outline together? I'm definitely thinking about it. I, you know, I'm doing more than thinking about it. Like I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I think that, you know, I'm a process kind of guy. <laughs> and along the way, I'm picking up little pieces to my puzzle, you know, and I'm learning new things because I'm not, I'm not, I'm an individual that I do my best to dwell in truth. And, you know, when I open my mouth and I speak, I try to speak only from a place of truth and honesty, you know, from a genuine place. And so I don't, I'm not interested in, in you know, writing a book or even putting together an audio book um, just to be talking. You know, I don't do that. I don't do that, Victoria. I, you know, I, I really don't, I'm not interested in it. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's enough people out here talking just to talk. <laughs> I'm just not one of those people. So when I, when I put something together like that, it's going to be full of a lot of interesting information, you know, and, and not just when I say information, I don't mean just, you know, me, me spitting out facts of, oh, here's this fact and here's this truth, but it's just the conversation. Conversation is a, is a is a transfer of information between two or more, right? Or yeah. one or more. So. So anyway, so I don't know if you're a dreamer much, but um, do you ever <laughs> dream about what's your big goal? I mean, if you could envision the life you'd want right now, what would it be? You know, it's crazy that you asked me that question because I think that I've done this like two to three times over again. And what I mean by that is what the first, the first maybe two times I did it without knowing that I was manifesting what it is I truly wanted. Right. And then I learned, I learned the process. Right. And I was already kind of following the process, like intuitively, like, like we just talked about, like I was guided, something guided me to, to follow a certain process and then not only to follow a process, but to, to apply an undying devotion to seeing it come to life. That's been imperative so, for me. So I do dream, but I do more daydreaming than I do at night. You know, I don't dream at night for the most part. Well, that's part. what it is, daydream. But it's kind of like brainstorming with yourself. So it's never yeah. a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. It's an investment, right? It's an investment uh, into tomorrow or even, you know, five minutes from now or 30 minutes from now. You know, I... I do it all the times, like a lot of times, like like you said before, like we talked about before, I manifest my classes. I don't think I don't want people to think for one second that my classes are accidental in any way. 
like I put I put my energy in my in my life force into the things that I do, right? Right. And it doesn't take anything but a moment to sit within yourself and to brainstorm, like you said, with yourself. It's like you have to like you have to be willing to develop a relationship with yourself. And I think that's huge. I think sometimes it's hard. It's hard for people to understand that because it's like, how? I mean, I'm trying to develop a relationship with this with this other person. That's hard enough, you know. Yeah, you have to be willing to do the work. Well, that's true about developing a relationship with oneself, that being your soul. And if mm-hmm. you don't do that, you can't really have relationships with anybody. So that's just exactly. an excellent point and somebody to take away with. And, and maybe there's a tip. How would you suggest someone get in touch with that, being able to have a relationship with their self, their soul? I think that you have to be willing to spend more time in solitude. I think that was the key for me as a child was, you know, I didn't have a, I, well, I have a choice, right? But um, now I, now more than ever before, I choose to be in solitude because, you know, I understand that, I understand how useful it is for me and how it helps me recharge so that I can give back, you know, when I re-engage with society or with my community. And I think that um, along with solitude, spending time with yourself, it's being interested in yourself. You know, like, we it's a strong possibility that most people don't really know about themselves. They don't really understand. They don't really spend enough time to say, this is how I'm feeling. Why am I feeling this way? Let me cross-examine. Not, maybe if not just with another person, right, and their experiences, but let me do some study. Let me enlighten myself. It kind of is... If you if you look at it this way, it can be hard work, but it's 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 worth it, you know, because, you know, you find yourself having more peace than ever before. So I think you have to be willing to be in solitude and you have to be willing to invest in learning about yourself, enlighten yourself on the why. I always talk to people that I train, people that I'm close with, that I talk with the why. What is your why? And it's important that in any goal, right? For my goal, my why has to be bigger than any circumstance or obstacle that I can be faced with. And my why is internal. That's so true. what can really what what can really stop me? You know, if that's the case, yeah. I, only only I can stop me. You know, I always think that the, the point you're kind of highlighting is that people every day, and, and a lot of people do this, meditate. Um, meditate for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, whatever you can tolerate, because for me, just mm-hmm. slow down that much is, is a lot, but sort of meditate. Yeah. And I would probably say, I would probably uh, make a suggestion. We're talking about childhood trauma and hurting that, mm-hmm. you know, I had an incident, you know, growing up. I don't know why the image always sticks in my head. I'm in the backyard with my younger sister, um, who's only two years younger than me. And we're swinging on the swing set and it's a pretty day. My mother comes out with the report cards right? The high school report, I mean, the grade school report cards. And then she doesn't say anything to my younger sister, but she calls me out and she looks at this report card and she points to me and she said, with this report card and my sister said, your sister got an A and you only got a B. Can't you do better? And I was like, what the hell's wrong with a B? I mean, even an A, I thought (laughs) B is bad, you know, what the the heck, you know? So anyway, so to me, that was kind of childhood trauma because it never ended, you know, it's like, okay, I, I only got to be. So 
it's for something like that. And everybody's got that moment, you know, with the parent compared you to the younger kid who they probably liked better or got better grades. And you take that childhood mm -hmm. trauma and when you're doing your meditating in the morning or or whenever you do it, you might want to visualize that childhood trauma and turn the tables. Have your, in my case, have my mother come out and applaud me for getting a B and maybe mm. making some really yummy suggestion about how you could get an A as opposed to yeah. scorning the B kind of thing. So if you had something with yeah. a parental, your dad scolding you or anybody out there that had it with a parent, if you revisit, you know, visit that and then turn the vision around to making it a positive, that will help the trauma and the healing process to move on. In the case with that or anybody out there, that's the best way to kind of overcome that because the last thing you want to do in your 40s and 50s is dealing with childhood trauma and um, you kind of want to move on, you know, to that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, if you've had, sure. so if you've had something like that, then just sort of visualize it in your head, turn the tables and allow yourself to heal, as they say. You know, that's crazy that you bring that up because I kind of do have a childhood trauma and then I and then like past that point, once I was a little older and I and I started to get into like my career as far as like coaching, I kind of had another trauma. Like my childhood trauma, it both were based around my grandmother. Not that she was a malicious individual, but you know she was a very um, straightforward person, and the way that she showed love wasn't like hugs and kisses. It was like consistency, and you know making sure that you had what you need, and you know making sure you dressed nice and making sure that you were clean and smelled good. That's how she showed that she cared, cared about you and loved you. And it kind of, you know, transferred for me. But um, when I was a child, she compared me to my, my cousin a lot. My cousin used to stay right next to us. And my cousin used to get A's and B's and academics and stuff, like mostly A's. Uh, so I guess like your sister. And, you know, for me, I was a little bit lower than you, though. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't landing bees always, right? I was kind of <laughs> like touching, touching C's and stuff, you know? And, but, but when it came down to uh, the other end of awards, when it came down to personality and uh, humanitarian awards and things like that, I always got those kind of awards. You know, people, people loved me. The teachers loved me, this and that and the third. But with the academics... It just wasn't it just wasn't hidden for me. And she compared me with my cousin so much. It hurt me because I felt like she didn't look she didn't look at me and say, Wow, you know, you're good at this, you're good at that. She only focused on my weak points as I felt were my weak points. And um that did bother me. So I'll definitely try that. Um and then the second trauma for me, um, once I got older, was she didn't believe in my vision. Victoria, uh -huh. she didn't see it. She didn't see it. She didn't see me as I am today. And I knew all along, as I told you before, I manifested my life before. Like, I've, I've seen where I am today. And I knew that I would get there. And I was in a place where it wasn't promised. But I saw in my mind, I knew within myself that I could do what I'm doing today. And that also gives me, that gives me peace and that gives me strength. And going forward to accomplish bigger things that I've seen myself do. If I can do it this time, I can do it again. It might be a little bit more challenging because the height's a little higher, you know. Yeah. But I can make it because I've did it. I've done it before. So, you know, I, I, I'm glad that I was able to prove myself right. And sometimes I wish that she was here and able to see it and and feel the energy that's around me on a daily basis. But 
she's in the spirit. She's always with me, you know. So she sees it. She knows, and I hope that she, I hope that she, she's happy. Oh, I'm sure she is. Absolutely. You know, and I'm sure she's extremely proud of you. I mean, who couldn't be, you know, on that side, you know, being able to accomplish what you have on your own, really, for the most part, having that intuitive sense to allow yourself to trust that and then move on with that. Another thing you are, which I'm always curious about, because most of the time, maybe today's a little different, but most of the time you don't grow up vegetarian. I mean, usually, yeah. you know, it's it's a meat, it's a potato, it's a start, it's all that kind of stuff. What made you uh, decide but- to become vegetarian? Um, oof, <laughs> I like it. I always like to know yeah. that the turning point of when somebody decides to go down that path, you know, was it your health? Did you have high cholesterol, which I doubt? Um, what was the, the trigger <laughs> point to, you know, become more of a plant-based lifestyle, which is important to, for physical fitness, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it makes f- physical fitness a little easier, too. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. I've been blessed with... Uh, perspective from an early age you know I've been able to look back and watch certain people in my family both sides of my family um kind of deal with health ailments because of the decisions that they made not because they just wired that way and they've been cursed by the gods you know what I mean like no they they made decisions day in and day out month after month year after year and um ultimately you know there's a result. There's a result in all things. And so um, I was able to kind of look at those and say, hey, I don't want to have a life like that. Or I don't want my story to end like that. So that kind of sparked some things in me and made me a little bit more aware of my decisions. Um, and then I enlightened myself on what's going on with, with the food that most people eat in our country. And um Oh, it's bad. How, I mean, all that fast oh, yeah. food stuff. I was even reminiscing yeah. with um, uh, my one of my relatives the other day. And I know it was, I was no wonder so-and-so is not in great health. They used to eat, you know, country fried steak with gravy and biscuits. I mean, who eats that yeah. stuff? <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's real talk. I mean, you that's know, regardless how people of what, eat. Yeah. yeah, regardless of what somebody thinks or feels, that's a true statement. Like, you're not going to come out on the good end of things eating like that. I'm well, you sorry. could do it you once might... in a while. Once in a while is good, but yeah. not every yeah. every weekend. You know that. Kind of... So that leads me to my next point. What made sense for me? What is my goal? What am I trying to accomplish? I want to reach a certain level in spirituality. For that to happen, I have to eat a certain way. I have to live a certain life lifestyle. So I figured out what kind of foods I needed to put in my body so that I I can be at optimum shape, so that I can think clearly, because what we put in our stomach has an effect on our minds. So I learned about how these things are connected. And I don't want to contradict myself, you know? I don't want to say, hey, I want to to accomplish, accomplish this, and then consistently contradict myself. And then when I can't reach that, I look and I say, oh, man, this is hopeless. I don't understand why I can't make it to where I want to make it. The reality is that I can't make it there because of the decisions that I made. So ultimately, that's why. Oh, not to mention the meat. The meat today is, I don't know if, I just don't know. Just, I'm just going to put out. I'm going to say this, Victoria. Yeah. I watched the video yesterday. I watched the video yesterday of this lady. She had a McDonald's meal from 20 years ago, 20 plus years. I think she yeah. said 24 years. 
Okay, she pulled it out of her shoebox, pulled it out of her bag. Yeah, I saw that too, she, one of those things. Yeah. You saw that too? Yeah, it's been out for a it's while, fine. but yeah, supposedly it survived 20 years. It never changed. If you could bring a musical okay. hero to your home for dinner, who Ooh. would it be and what kind of dinner would you prepare? Knowing that you Ooh. only eat almonds for breakfast, this could be scary. <laughs> <laughs> this could be really scary. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't invite him for breakfast. Uh, probably have to be dinner, definitely. Um, oh, man, you know, I'm a huge music lover. Either way, I'm going to say Outkast. Outkast. Oh, they're good. They're fun. Yeah, I love Outkast. I love Andre 3000, one of my favorite artists, along with uh, Yasin Bey. Invite Outkast to dinner. What kind of meal would you prepare? To do my best to make them a home, like an old school home style meal, but the vegan way. So that'd be vegan mac and cheese, which actually I have been a part of the process of that being made. And it actually works and it's delicious. Um, you can take some, uh, do some vegan chicken or, you know, something of that sort for a protein. And then we can do some some mashed potatoes and we can do some uh, vegan collard greens. And the reason why I say vegan collard greens or vegan, vegan turnip greens is because most people, a lot of people put meat in their greens to give it seasoning. And I don't necessarily do that. So that would be my goal. I would definitely try to give them like a, a homemade old school meal. Okay, good. So what is a passion of yours that few people know about? Art. I love art. I'm a lover of art in all forms. So anything that's based around art, anything that is, you know, full of art, you know, and passion, I love it. I appreciate it. That's good. Like painting, sculptures and all that. Yeah. I love, I love it. I love paintings. I love sculptures. I love uh, masonry, you know, as far as buildings are concerned. Um, I love art and, and martial arts in itself, again, is an art form. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. I didn't know that, you know, about you as well. Anyway, Terrence, yeah. it's been a pleasure. Thank I you. will see you tomorrow. Yes, you will. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being on this platform with you. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with kickboxing instructor, coach, fitness instructor, Terrence Weathersby. He's based in Atlanta, Georgia, so check him out. Also, check out his Instagram page. He's working on a new podcast that will be released sometime this year, which he's going to focus on several topics, including mental health with younger children. Sometimes younger children today are often with just single parents, and there's a lot of a lot of voids that don't get filled, and he wants to take a step to sort of fill that for them, guide them, motivate them, and so on. And if you're a professional business owner and you're looking for something really exciting to gain more visibility, expand your brand, attract new business, and who isn't, it's time to get on a voice platform such as Amazon Alexa. My company, Studio Carlton, we are voice designers, developers, and producers. We can take exciting content about your company, create an engaging platform that entertains, informs, and attracts new business for you. Check out studiocarlton.com. Drop me an email, victoria at studiocarlton.com. I'd love to talk with you and see what we can do together to have you featured on Amazon Alexa. Until next time, enjoy the day.